Amen. Teach me, Lord, to wait. That's our desire this morning. That's our desire every day. We need to be taught of the Lord. Amen. Welcome to the house of God. Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me while I fix my electronics here. And uh, good to be here. Amen. We're rejoicing this morning. Amen. Grandpa John. My, my, my. He's got the glasses. <laughs> And uh, where's Grandma Sharon? She's over here somewhere. I miss her. Oh, she's hiding back there. God bless you, Grandma. Amen. <laughs> We're so happy for you. And uh, uh, Tim and, and Jessica out there with Titus. Titus was a good buddy of, of Timothy, so that's a good connection with his dad. And uh, I claim a little of that connection. And uh, uh, may the Lord give them a real close relationship. And they were the, the uh, helpers of the Apostle Paul, Titus and Timothy. And so may God bless them. Amen. Well, we have a number of announcements before we go to the Word this morning. Um, I, I do want to, uh, first of all, welcome um, a couple that has moved here from Spain. Uh, Brother Joseph and Sister Naomi. Are you up there in the balcony? Could you stand, please? Amen. This is Brother Joseph and Sister Naomi. We want to welcome them. They have moved here from Spain to sojourn with us and to fellowship with us. And so you'll want to uh, gain some fellowship with them, I'm sure, especially if you speak Spanish. I see they have the headphones on. Do you speak a little English? Uh, I don't even know how to say it in, in Spanish. Uh, I was going to say un petit, but that's French. <laughs> just, just a little. All right. God bless you. It's wonderful to have you with us. And may the Lord richly bless you as you sojourn with us. Amen. Well, I, I, I want to just give you a, just a very brief update on a couple of things this morning. Uh, you can put the slides up. Thank you. And uh, uh, in Uganda, we talked about um, the uh, work that's ongoing over there, but I want to take you back to a, a slide. This is uh, Brother Michael Kudamba uh, from uh, Uganda, and I spoke about him previously. He was the, the brother that heard the message on the radio broadcast, and together with a number of people had come into the message of the hour and uh, 14 people, and this is the group there that they have in Uganda, and uh, they, uh, they meet in a little house in, in a, just a very, very um, primitive structure, uh, sitting on mat on the dirt floor, and uh, God blessing them there. Well, I want you, these are a number of things I'm going to share with you that you can remember in prayer. Number one is Uganda. Uh, as I mentioned regarding the large revival that is taking place, the opposition is rising up against it. And it's the same here in this little village where there's about a dozen people that are believers. And uh, Brother Sampson, uh, sorry, Brother uh, Wilson Sempa uh, wrote me and, and said he was just there last Saturday and was ministering. And uh, he said, 
No sooner had I finished my preaching than we were invaded by four Muslim youths. He says, two entered into our makeshift structure where we were and others remained outside. He says, one young man approached an elderly woman who was seated on the mat, attentively listening to the ongoing preaching, and he violently and forcefully started pulling her. So they didn't know what was going on. And Brother Elijah, the other brother that was with him, went and talked to them. And, and uh, the young man uh, instead started shouting him down and, and said this was their mother. And they threatened to destroy the home and the church if they wouldn't stop converting Muslims. Now, I think it was maybe news to Brother Wilson that she used to be a Muslim or that she came from a Muslim family. And so they went to the authorities and reported it to the authorities and, and may God inspire them to do something about it because Uganda is not a Muslim country. And so it's freedom of religion there. But I wanted to share this with you. And, he say, and then he writes, he says, I understand that the very old lady came back for fellowship on Sunday. So the brothers went to minister on Saturday and then they went to their home churches. But the little gathering gathered again on Sunday. And he says the old lady came back for fellowship on Sunday and vowed not to stop because this is the truth she's found out. He says, more than in Islam where she has been suffering so many years with sicknesses and couldn't be healed despite several efforts, all in vain. But here she was prayed for, got her healing, where before she couldn't even walk without support, but now she can. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. The Lord Jesus Christ is not just God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a living God, and He heals the sick and delivers the captive. Amen. Isn't He wonderful? And this old lady, she says, forget about Islam. She says, they never did nothing for me. Give me Jesus. Amen. So we're just thrilled about that, and, and may God bless her. So remember her in prayer. And remember that little church, Brother Michael Kudamba there in Uganda, and the rest of the revival that's taking place, as I've already shared with you, there's already vandalism and different things rising up, uh, so-called Christians from other denominations coming against them, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to share one more picture with you. I just got this just even while I was in the office, and the brothers very quickly added it to the slideshow. This is the first fruits of the village that Brother Busabozi just preached in. All right. Now this is uh, Brother Tefira was the one that was healed. This is Brother Tefira's oldest brother. All right. Now Brother Tefira has another brother who is the priest in that village. All right. So I want you to get the picture of the family here. So this is the eldest brother. I'm sure this will have an impact on the entire village. And so may God just, uh, you know, the gospel just spreads from one to another. And may God just anoint this brother with a special anointing and, and uh, give him uh, just words to speak and, and inspiration and Holy Ghost outpouring in that village. May the whole village receive a revival is my prayer. So pray for them there in Ethiopia. Of course, we want to remember also the brothers in China. Uh, they'll be, or 
they're starting to come home already. I understand some, Brother Ron Spencer is already home, or at least heading home, and then there are uh, the other brothers that are still there, Brother Tom, Brother Murphy. We want to be remembering them in prayer. They'll be there for a few days, taking care of a few things. And one last thing uh, that you can remember in prayer, or there's two, but one in particular is that um, I'll be leaving for India right away. And uh, we have uh, uh, an, a new initiative uh, that we're putting forth in India. Many of you are aware that this church was instrumentally used of God to get the message into the people's hands in India. And for many, many years operated a printing press and many thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars was given in order that the Indian people could have access to the message of the hour in their language. Well, technology has changed and, and uh, uh, many of the um, uh, original translations were never in computer format. And then in time, computer formatted translations were were. Uh, put into uh, a format with a font that is not internet compatible is, is the easiest way to say it. And so there's many languages in India, many official languages, over nine as far as I, know, I think there's nine major and then there's many others. But uh, we, what we need to do is we need to gather all these translations into the message hub in, compu- in internet compatible fonts. And so that means in some cases we have to actually get somebody to type it in. In some cases we need to have people work on converting the fonts and checking the translations. And then some that are later translations can just be added in as they are. And so it's a really large project. There's uh, thousands of translations to work on. And we're going to, I'm going there right away this week to initiate that work. And this will be really a continuation of the work that was started many, many years ago. And so we appreciate your prayers. And uh, part of our desire is to make this accessible in the Message Hub mobile, the application, so that people can have translations in the remotest places where they might have cell phones or tablets or something to have access to it. So our desire is to get the message into the people's hands. So please remember that in prayer. Amen. And so we can stand together. I have one more announcement. Um, and I feel really awkward making it. Um, and, and somebody knows why I feel awkward. But uh, uh, it's really, uh, I'll just say I tried to get out of making this announcement this morning. And the announcement is this. So, so forgive me for the big buildup. Uh, Brother Bisco will be preaching tonight. Now, the reason I feel awkward is he should be preaching this morning, <laughs> and I should be preaching tonight. And, he, and I, I even tried this morning. I sent him another email this morning. He said, you know, if you feel led to take the service this morning, I'll just move to the evening. And he says, no, you're, you're up for the morning. But how many would look forward to that tonight? Amen. Amen. And brother, he'll, he, he asked me to tell you that he'll be speaking on Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And that's a great scripture. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen. So let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the Word. So you pray for me 
I feel just a little bit out of place this morning, but I believe that God has something for us this morning. We're going to turn to the book of Luke this morning. I'm sorry, I'm usually a little bit more organized than this. All right. Luke chapter 10. I want to speak on a subject that uh, in general has been on my mind for a long time, probably years. Um, and so, uh, and that is the subject of communication. And I want to title it this morning, God Communication. And, uh, uh, and I want to touch on something that I touched on last week, and that is the man, the gift, and the office. And so, I want to speak on communication, but I'll kind of approach it from three different directions, and I trust that it'll be a blessing to you, because God does not communicate to us the way the world communicates to us. Amen. So, let's just bow our heads together before we read the scripture. And if you have a need, you can represent that to the Lord in whatever way you choose. Because we're not gathered here this morning just to hear some words. We're gathered to meet God and to worship Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, my heart is still turned back to that thought that I've held for the last couple days before you. Lord, I, I remember our pastor sitting in the truck with a prophet. And Lord, when the word was correctly spoken, the presence of the angel of the Lord came. And Lord, nobody had to tell anybody he's here. They knew you were there. And Lord, that's the way we desire it this morning. That your presence would come down amongst your people in a mighty reflective way. It wasn't that Brother Branham didn't have the Holy Ghost or Brother Biscal didn't have the Holy Ghost. Lord, they had the Holy Ghost, but you came near to them at that time. And you signified certain things to them. And Lord, we were your children. We are your people, Father. We desire also, Lord, that you would come and minister to us, that you would draw near to us. We're not a prophet. Lord, we're not a man that was chosen to, to be acquainted with the prophet. But Lord, you're still God. And Lord, we just invite you to have the preeminence this morning. Even as we heard the scripture for tonight, you are the word that discerns the thoughts and intents of every heart. 
And Lord, that, that we desire this morning is that you will move the man part out of the way. And that's more real to me this morning than ever, Lord, in that you would come and minister to your children in a supernatural way. And, and not only may you minister, Lord, but may we catch it. May we see it. May we recognize the reality of something that is beyond this natural realm that is done in our lives, that is an anchor, that is a, a transforming power that affects us maybe in ways that we don't fully realize. But Lord, may we go from here rejoicing uh, and at the end of it all, may we say truly it was good to be here. And truly our hearts burned as he spoke to us this morning. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you and ask your blessing upon the scripture. Father, I want to say we love you. And we just desire that you would be pleased with the service this morning. So help us to just be centered on you, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10. Read from verse 17. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject it, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And he turned unto his disciples and said privately. Now, in just studying this, and, and it's not conclusive, but it's felt that Jesus turned to the twelve. That's, we hear the 70 came rejoicing, but that Jesus turned here to the 12 as he turned to his disciples and spake privately to them. He said, blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Amen. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. So Jesus said, All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. The one version writes it this way and expands on it a little bit and says, uh, and anyone to whom the Son may choose to reveal and make him known. All right. So now we, we find here uh, uh, Jesus declaring something that he, he says to the 70, you'll be given power. He says, you know, I saw Satan cast down from heaven. And, but don't just rejoice for what happens here. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
if nothing happened here, you could still rejoice because your name was written in heaven. Amen. And so we realize the most important thing is that we are a part of God, that we were even written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. That's the most vital thing that could be in our lives. Now, when that word comes by our way and as Jesus begins to speak to them and, and they're rejoicing over great, and I, I'll just say it this way, they're rejoicing over the great revival. There was many in this age that rejoiced over the revival that took place when Brother Branham was here. There was many that were in the meetings and went to the meetings and, and, and desired to see some new supernatural things. They, they talked about the meetings, you know, if you have a Branham meeting that, that something supernatural supernatural is going to take place. And so, the, so they went to see God in action. Why didn't they see that in their own lives? It was for a particular purpose. It was to attract the attention of the people to something in particular that God was doing. But now as that, that ministry that came to bring the word, and I'm going to have to jump just right in here. And that ministry that came to bring the word did not just come to show the supernatural, but came that the word that would be spoken in this age would quicken the elect of this age. For the elect of the hour are quickened by the message of the hour. All right, so you're with me there. So now Brother Branham takes a thought in the message interveil, and I have to start here just uh, so that we, we have all of us. I prayed, Lord, feed the sheep. Lord, feed the lambs. You know, we, there's something for everybody here this morning. It, it, you, it can be as deep as you want it to be, and it can be as simple as you want it to be. If you enjoy the simple gospel, the gospel is simple and God is hidden in simplicity and revealed in the same. But yet there's a depth to God that you can go as far and as deep as you're able to go and you'll never mind the riches of God. All right, so the gospel is great. It's, it's expensive. It's infinite. It's beyond measure and yet it's simple. Now, Brother Branham says, I find that people so struggle. Seems like I meet people and they say, it's just such a struggle. Anybody ever had struggles? All right, we're all on the same page. He says, have you seen people that way? And probably there's many sitting right before me now that has ups and downs, the ins and outs. This day, they're all right. You meet them and well, they love the Lord today and tomorrow they're having such a struggle to hold on. All right, so now he's saying, talking about struggles of faith and struggles against unbelief. He says, the devil is so tempting them and they're having such ups and downs. He says, then you meet somebody that's on the hilltop all the time. Brother, there's nothing bothers them at all. All right, now he's going to break this down for us. He says, now there's bound to be something lacking somewhere. He says, God's no respect of person. God doesn't respect persons. He wants all of his children to have the same. All right, so if you're, if you're looking at your life and looking at somebody else's life and why are they seemingly living more victorious than I'm living or, or, or maybe you're here this morning and, and you have not really been quickened the way you ought to be quickened or you, you just struggle with your own faith and you're inundated with different things and, uh, and this is for you this morning, God has that for you. If there's a desire for it, if you see someone's life as I desire to have that, that means that's there for you. If there's a deep calling, there's a deep to respond. All right. So he says now, he says, 
So he says a righteous father wouldn't give one dish of ice cream without giving them all ice cream. Certainly. He says, I'm not talking about gifts. I'm talking about grace. All right, so he's talking about grace to the individual. He says, of course, some are called apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and church offices and so forth. God has placed in the church these things, but I'm talking about measures of grace. Overcoming grace to each one. Then he elects you to your office, all right? So he's talking about the individual struggles of people that love the Lord, but just can't seem to keep their head above water in victory. And he says, he says, but in the grace of, in grace, God has given to us all freely as we have need, everything that we have need of. And then he starts talking about nature. He says, up in Michigan, he says, we get cherries from Michigan and big beans and all kinds. And I think there's not a place in the world that grows any better than Michigan. And of course, he's speaking about, he's speaking in Michigan and you'd never know it by that statement. And uh, he says, uh, he says, and now you ought to understand what your fruit trees are. Did you ever know that little cherry tree or a little apple tree? When you set it out, it's no bigger than a half an inch tall. And every bushel of apples that you'll ever collect off that tree is right in it then. If it isn't, where does it come from? He says, who hangs it on there? It's already in. He says, the only thing the little tree does, you just set it out and water it. It has to drink and drink until it gets so much, it goes to pushing up. It says it drinks more than its lauded portion and it swells out. It pushes out limbs, it pushes out buds, it pushes out leaves, then blossoms, then apples. Then it pushes again and it pushes again. It keeps drinking, drinking, drinking till it just pushes out. All right. So that the the seed has every bushel of apple in it that will ever come out of it. But it has, and I'll just say, a responsibility. And the responsibility is to drink. And so if we consider the seed as a believer, then we would say that the devil would want to stop the believer from being what it was meant to be by stopping the drinking process. All right? Not by hitting it from the outside, but stopping the substance that allows it to receive and to grow into the stature that it was meant to be. He says, when you're planted in Jesus Christ, everything you have need of in earth's journey is in you when you receive the Holy Spirit. Powerful. Now that takes us to the law of faith, doesn't it? We know that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, that you have enough power to speak worlds into existence and go and live on it. But it's governed by a law. And that law is not a law of do's and don'ts. It's a law of faith or revelation. As much as God will reveal to you, that's how much power is released in the believer by the Holy Ghost. That's why the church, having the Holy Ghost down through seven church ages, has always had the power of the resurrection, has always had the power of the rapture. But why didn't have a rapture? Because it didn't have the revelation of the rapture. But the revelation of the rapture had to come in the last days. So that the believers that have the Holy Spirit in the last days, by a last days message, the revelation of the word can come into us to produce rapturing faith. There's enough power in you to rapture you already if you got the Holy Ghost. So what do you have to do? Drink 
and drink and drink some more. Feed on the word and feed on the word and stay in the word and stay in the word. And, and that allows the believer to become what they already are. That's almost like an, uh, a paradox or an oxymoron. To become what you already are. You already are a part of the bride that's going to be raptured. But there's a process that God has. And you drink and push and drink and push. And you don't have to push. But it's the drinking that pushes it out of you. All right. So he says if you have. uh, He says if you have need of divine healing. Go to God's word and drink from it. Until you push out. If you have need of more of God. Just keep drinking and pushing out. And Christ is the inexhaustible fountain of life. And if you're planted in him, the only thing you have to do is to drink of his goodness and push out you whatever you have need of in this earthly journey. Hallelujah. So feeding on the word which releases faith in your life allows the power of God by the Holy Spirit to produce in your life every promise of God. Hallelujah. Power for healing is already in you. If you got the Holy Ghost, it's already there. Just drink on the promises. Feed on the promises. Stay in the promises. Feed. God's never... Listen, Abraham didn't have this word. Abraham didn't have a Bible, but he had a promise. I'll give you a son. I'll make you a father of nations. I'm going to bless you and your seed. And your seed will be as the stars. And your seed will be as the sand. And all of these promises. He didn't have a Bible that he could keep eating, but he kept feeding on that promise. He kept that before him. Lord, that was your promise to me. That was God. That was the eternal one. The one that cannot lie. Though heavens and earth will pass away, his word will never pass away. And he just kept feeding on that, kept walking in that until he became that. Amen. One day God came down and visited him and they were turned back young again. Why? By feeding on a promise that he didn't even have a Bible. Then the church had a Bible. And the church having a Bible could look in the scripture and feed on the promises. And that's why the devil in the dark ages wanted to take the Bible away from the church. Don't feed. You can have the Holy Ghost, but don't feed. I don't want you to become what you were meant to be. But God said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And the, and the, the word was restored back to the church. And Luther and Wycliffe and different ones translated the Bible and got it into the hands of the people. I'll say it this way. Got the message to the people in their language. And the people had their Bibles. And they fed on their Bibles. And that brought the church up to the Pentecostal age. But in the last days, God said, I'll give you more than a promise. I'll give you more than a Bible. I'll give you a message that makes this Bible come alive. And you can feed on that because it will take those divinely revealed mystery truths to produce rapturing faith in your life. Because in this Bible, I'm going to hide it. It'll be there, but I'm going to hide it. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, all my mystery that's laying in the word will be finished, and you can have rapturing faith. What do I have to do, Brother Jim? Just drink. Drink some more. Drink some more. Keep drinking till it just pushes that reality of a rapturing faith life, which is a miraculous faith life, out in you because that seed is what is in you. Amen. So you're planted in him. The only thing you have to do is drink of his goodness and push out whatever you have need of in this earth's journey. It's all drinking, resting, peace.
Ah, I love that. It's all drinking, resting, peace. And then he says, it's not what you struggle and strive to pull at. Oh, Brother Tim, I thought I had to struggle. I thought I had to strive. No, you just have to drink. If, if, if there's a burden to be had, when you drink, that burden's going to come on you. All right? You don't have to put the burden on yourself. God puts it on you. It's not a man-made burden. It's a God burden. As Brother Murphy has preached, it's a word burden, the word of the Lord. You know, say, well, Brother Tim, I thought I had to press in. I had to struggle. I had to do this and do that. No, you have to drink. That moves you into a channel that God wants you in. He says, it's not what you struggle and strive and pull at. He says, you defeat, you defeat the very purpose that you're representing when you do that. What a great message we have. That's all I got to do is feed on it. Just feed on it. Of course, if you got the Holy Ghost. If you haven't been born again, you need to be born again. You know, that's the struggle is to die out to yourself. The struggle is to lay yourself at the altar till you're dead. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon your life in newness of life. And you rise up from there a new believer. It can be this altar, can be at your bedside, can be anywhere, can be in your vehicle. But when you die, that's when God accepts your faith. It quickens you with his word. Amen. You are what God puts in you. You don't have to struggle. Just drink and let it manifest. And so we, we see that to the believer, it's a plan of God. We're human beings. I said to some brothers not long ago, I said, I cannot preach until the body change, the perfection of our flesh. Your flesh will not be perfect until it's changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That's part of human life. But I will say, if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it will also quicken your mortal body which is bring your body in subjection to the Word of God. Whatever promise you have need of, just let that spirit that is in you be quickened. Let it be fed. Let it be loosed. And it will bring your body in subjection. As Christ comes in, the world goes out. Are you with me so far? What is communication? Communication, the dictionary says, is the imparting or the exchange of information or news. In the Bible, it's referred to as fellowship. It's referred to as communion. It's referred to as communication. All right. Now, as human beings... We are great receivers of communication. Words are powerful. Images are powerful. All of those things have a great power upon our life. God put in our bodies, we know the eye gate, the ear gate. You know, all of these things that, that uh, you know, we have, uh, we have a taste, we have a feeling, we have the ability to smell things. These are all things that we use to take in the environment or the influences around about us. 
And we know that, and the devil knows that. And God knows that. All right, but I'm just dealing with human communication here for a moment. Not only do we take in communication, but we also digest communication. All right, that's why, you know, you have to be careful what you say to people. You know, never call your children stupid. Never call them ugly. That's communication. But it's not, you say, oh, well, they know I'm just kidding. No, that goes in and it begins to digest. I heard this since I was a little kid. I heard that since I was a kid. And then the devil likes to put complexes and things on us. And that's, that's another uh, train of thought altogether. But this body, this life, this existence, we take in things and then we put it into action. And we... Uh, I was reading a, an article, I was actually watching someone speak on it on the internet is what it was, and I, I found it quite interesting because the title of the article was, Why Do People Watch Wrestling? And it caught my attention, because wrestling is fake. I'm not talking about Olympic wrestling, that sort of thing, I'm talking about, you know, the stuff that, oh, it's all drama, okay? And so... And so the, the question in the, in the story was, why do people watch that? They know it's not real. And then the question evolved to, well, then why do people watch movies? They know that's not real. All right. Why do people watch plays? They know that's not real. It's just a representation of something. And so people look at things, listen to things, feed on things, digest things, and it influences their life. Matter of fact, it so influences their life. They went to the subject of why do people watch sports? All right? And I, thought, I found that very interesting. Here you go, young men. I'm sure I don't need to preach to the young sisters about this. Maybe there's the odd one, but, you know, I don't mean they're odd. I just mean maybe there's one or another that, that looks at sports or something. Okay. I was a great digester of sports when I was young. Matter of fact, it affected my communication. Um... I remember one time watching a hockey game, not listening to what my wife was telling me as she just ran my car into a pole. Um, that's another story for another time. So, but they, they actually have done studies and they actually say if you're, if you're in a, a follower of a certain sports team, okay, and that sports team loses it's obviously referring to men. It says they've actually proven that your testosterone level drops. But if your team wins, your testosterone level goes up. So you, whether your team wins or loses, my point is it actually changes the chemistry of your body. And, it's, and so, you know, the last thing we need is, last thing teenage boys need is more testosterone, okay? <laughs> I'll leave that one there. But, but these things, we, which people think, well, they're innocent. They're innocent ways of entertainment. They're innocent. No, it actually affects you physically. It's not just feelings. It's actual physical reality. Now, I couldn't find a study that says what fashions does to girls. All right, and so, uh, so I'll leave that all there. But, but what you look at, and even they, they've done a lot of study now. Now, what I'm doing, what are you doing here, Brother Tim? What I'm doing is I'm, I'm 
I'm describing to you a tool that the devil uses against you. All right? And I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about communication. All right? Facebook. I know there's nobody here on Facebook. But just in case there was one person. All right? I'll say Facebook has a greater impact on you than you think. All right, they've actually done the studies now, okay? And they, they, they have learned the, the impact of the manipulation of people looking at things and the way that Facebook manipulates things. Now, though I'm talking about Facebook, there are many sites, all right? I'm not trying to exclusively say don't do this because then you'll just dump over to another one. I'm just talking about communication, and I'm using Facebook as an example, all right? And so they, they, it's the same as YouTube or different places. They have what's called algorithms, and I don't even know what an algorithm is, but I know what it does. And those of you that are scientists in the computer realm, you know these things. And they're able to design these things to be able to pick up who you are. And then to be able to send to you influences through advertising or suggesting different things to you that you might want to watch because they've already picked up your tendencies. All right? And that's, there's, there's a, listen, there's a reason that Facebook is a $500 billion company. And the reason is it works. Okay, so, so don't, don't get me wrong. This is not some small thing. This is the age we're living in. I brought this to the pulpit because it, uh, um, I don't usually bring my cell phone to the pulpit, but this is the thing that the devil uses, all right? But, it's, but I use it too, and God uses it. I communicated already this morning with Africa. I communicated yesterday with India. Actually, in India this morning also. And, and different places around the world. You know, it's something that we use as a very valuable communication tool. But it's something also the devil knows the power of it. And if he can get the right thing in front of you, he knows how it will manipulate you by the weaknesses you have. All right. So they have, they have set up this. Uh, forgive me for spending so long on this, but I just want to highlight a few things. And, uh, you know, this is something that is old news because anybody ever taken a child through a checkout in a supermarket and the child sees the chocolate bars? right? And the candy that's there. There's a reason they put that there. Because they want your child to throw a temper tantrum so that you will be forced to buy one. That's the reason. It's not to make it convenient for you. It's a manipulation of human emotion. And they have studied these things. That's in a very minor way. But it's called persuasion architecture. And it's not nice. And it works. All right. And, uh, you know, I I, I have a confession to make. I have watched a video on YouTube. All right. I'll make that confession this morning. Generally, that's where I try and pick up news clips is is from that, that medium. But I've, I've begun to notice that they, that they know 
what I'm watching, and therefore they, they determine, and they actually say, and I have it here written down if I could just quickly lay my hands on it. It says these algorithms can quite easily infer things like your ethnicity, your religious and political views, your personality traits, your intelligence, your happiness, your addictive substances, your parental separation, your age, your gender, just by what you're looking at. All right? These are highly intelligent, highly developed algorithms. And so then they suggest things and they advertise things to you. And I notice that I have never been advertised any women's products. They know I'm a man. They know what my tendencies are. They know what kind of things, because I'll look at maybe somebody's church service on there, or I'll look at a news article pertaining to a certain something or whatever, and they, they know, okay, he's leaning this way, and his views are this way, and his ideas, so they'll suggest other videos for me to watch and try and drag me and take me down a certain way. In other words, they think they're perceiving my weaknesses, all right? And let me, let me say it this way. It's not that, that that is necessarily evil in itself. Because, but what has happened is these companies, these, the, like Facebook or YouTube or whomever it might be, have developed these great systems that they can tell who you are, what you like, what your tendencies are, what your background is, all of those kind of things, so that somebody can advertise something to you that they know you have a weakness. Now, who exploits weakness? The devil does. And so all of these things are means of communication. This is human communication. Are you with me so far? All right. I'm, I'm really trying to nail this down for you so that you can see that. So they, they, they know how to attract your eyes. They know how, when you go into a store, attract your ears. They, they know. I'll, I'll, let me just address myself to the young people. Young men, they know you're a young male and what that entails. They know what young men are susceptible to, all right? Young sisters, they know you're a young sister. They know what your weakness is. Come on. Don't think, oh, no, I, I'm anonymous on the internet. No, just by what you look at. By what you digest, by what you lean to, they already know, oh, let's just drop this in there. Or let's just, it's already in play. It's communication. And the devil knows how to communicate. And he's made this. Now, now I'm not saying the people behind it are devils. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is Satan's Eden has come into full array. And the tree of knowledge has been exploited because the love of money is the root of all evil. And so these people make these millions and billions of dollars se selling advertising. In their mind, it's about money. But in the devil's mind, it's so designed to manipulate basic human instinct. And because they have no ethics or their ethics are perverted, they become tools in the hand of God. And that's the age we're living in. I hope that shakes you up a little bit this morning. Uh, Brother Mark and I have actually been doing research on these things and, and uh, because we actually looked at putting Bible believers on Facebook and, and once we kind of did the research on it and everything, it was like, you know what, I, I think we'll withdraw for a little while and it just, I, I wouldn't want to encourage them to manipulate others or others that are not on Facebook to be on Facebook 
And if you're on Facebook, I won't say anything. You decide whether it's right for you or not. It's got to be the spirit in you that overcomes these things. Listen, it's no good for me to stand up here and say Netflix is wrong if there's a spirit in you craving Netflix. You'll go after it anyway. No no sense in me standing up here saying, watch, turn away from this, turn away. You already know it's wrong. Come on. There's something in you telling you it's wrong. You have to overcome it. You want prayer? We'll pray with you. We'll we'll see you set free from those kind of spirits, but you have to overcome it. I'm not going to overcome it for you. I'm not going to stand up here. These brothers are not going to stand up and and say, do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. You'll never make it that way. The power, the the promise rather is to the overcomer. Amen. And the, re- the very reason, I'll just make one more co- point on this communication, because you don't even understand, because I didn't, and I'm sure you didn't, you don't even understand how manipulated the information is. We've all heard the term lately called fake news. But what that really means is that, that uh, the news is manipulated even on Facebook or YouTube or anything like that because they know who you are. They will not actually show you things in a neutral way. They will prioritize things for you to, uh, to attract the weakness that you have. Even your own friend's posts on Facebook are organized by Facebook in such a way to give you something that they want you to have over something else. And you don't even realize it. That's why it's called fake news. Because they're manipulating the media and the communication and everything multiplies until you're unwittingly being guided in your life by a tool in the hand of devils. May God wake us up in this hour. These tools are not neutral unless you keep them neutral. Those sites will direct you if you've got some kind of weakness, and listen, I, I'm thankful to God. I, I've never clicked on some of those terrible ads that they've put in front of me because they know I'm a middle-aged man. Don't listen. It's not. All right. I'm here now. It's not about pornography. Some porn site. Forget about some site. It's everywhere. You walk down the street, it's there. You go in the store, it's there. You go on just reading some news article, it's there. You go wherever you go, it's there. Because you're a male, Brother Branham says, you, if you're a natural male, you will be attracted to it. I hope you got more natural males than that here this morning. Real red-blooded males. Listen, folks, that's the fact of life. Listen, sisters, don't kid yourself. If you want a real man for a husband, he's a real man. And he has to guard himself and you have to help him. I don't even know why I'm going down this road. All right. In our homes, we got to make sure we keep those things in line. And if you can't handle it, get rid of it. uh, You say, oh, Brother Tim, really do I have to get legit? Listen, Jesus said, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. He says, it's better that you enter into heaven missing a hand than not enter into heaven. Amen. Amen. 
Maybe he was talking about cell phones, right hand, you know. I don't know. Praise the Lord. We're here. We're at this age. That's why I'm saying, I'm not telling you your flesh is perfect. I'm telling you you're in a battle. Come on. You're in a battle. You might as well admit it. You're in a struggle. Don't wait till you're 50 and 60 years old and say, yeah, it's a battle. I'm, I'm, I'm brave enough to say it's a battle. No, be 20 years old and say, it's a battle. But he gives me the victory. It's a struggle every day. I never click on those things. That's why Brother Branham says, if you're a red-blooded male, you'd be affected by it. But turn your head. Praise be to God. We're living on the hallelujah side. We're living on the victory side. We're actually living in a place that can rejoice because actually the bride of Jesus Christ is the only one that's able to overcome these things because she's the only one that realizes the difference between right and wrong. Hallelujah. All right, I better move on. That's human communication. You know, the tree, it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, like the brothers that went to Japan, Brother Timothy was telling us, they used Facebook to notify people of the meetings. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. They, 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 the, one of the brothers knew how to do Facebook advertising, and you, you could actually target, okay, I want to target Christians in this regional area or people that have anything to do with Christianity or are interested in Christianity and within this regional area and, and you can add in any other kind of variables to it and for $50 send an advert to every one of them on Facebook. That's how powerful it is. The devil uses it but the brothers in Japan used it. And there was a couple there, a missionary couple, that they were looking at their Facebook, and this ad pops up. There's a meeting at, at such and such a time in such and such a place. And they're like, wow, where'd that come from? That's communication. It's powerful. It moved them to leave their place and go to the meeting. Communication. Something struck them at a deeper level. They were hungering for more of God. And they said, my, I want to go here with these people. I have to say, this is so unusual. And God introduced them to the message of the hour. Amen. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It's very powerful. Jonathan Lurga has his Facebook page. And, and, and I'm not sure what all he does with that, but I'm sure he's, he's very familiar with the concept. But that's, as I said, that's human communication. And, and God does not communicate on that level. All right, we can communicate with each other on that level, but God's communication is something that is much higher. There's something in you to experience God, and therefore you have to come up higher than that level of communication. You've got to come onto another level, because, and that's the reason why only the elect of God, only the attributes of God can catch God's communication. Because it's not on a human level. Now, I'll also say, that's why preachers have to be careful. Because the word that we preach must reach the soul realm. Okay? Now, I've talked a lot on the human realm so far, but I'm coming back to the word now. So now, human communication stirs emotions. Stirs even physiology. 
But God's communication reaches down into the tower of the soul. Human communication can bring you to an altar. It can work on your emotions. It can work on you at a, at a human level, but that won't affect you if that's all you're responding to. But when God speaks to the soul, that's another channel altogether. I've, had, I've prayed for people that came up to the altar all by themselves many times. And just something in the service spoke to them. They said, I felt like God told me I needed to come and be prayed for. I love praying for those kind of people. They're not here because of a pull. They're not here because of a call. There's just something in the service spoke to them and say, you go get prayed for. And God comes down and meets them there. And many are the testimonies. How many would raise their hands and say, God met me at the altar by myself. God moved on me in a service. You see all those hands. What was that? That was God communicating at a level that goes beyond human communication. All right. Brother Branham says, man in his nature is a rebellion against God. He's against God, but God loves man. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, God has still been calling for his child. And he calls to him through the thunder, through the lightning, through the setting of the sun, through the preaching of the gospel, through signs and wonders, through prophets, through miracles, through visions, God speaking to his people. Amen. God coming down in the Garden of Eden after fallen man, saying, Adam, where are you? Man was rebelling. Adam and Eve were hiding themselves. But God was coming to communicate with them. God coming to a, a rebellious prophet out in the wilderness uh, that had run away from Egypt after accomplishing one dead man. And there in a bush that burned and was not consumed, the man, he caught Moses' attention. Not with words. Not with atmosphere. But Moses looked. He had been around. And now he saw something unusual. And he said, there's a bush there that burns and is not consumed. I better go see this unusual sight. And so Moses... A, he was an elect of God. So he was attracted to the unusual that was God moving in that hour. Others might have just discounted, oh, well, it'll eventually burn out. Might have walked away. Oh, there's nothing to that. But this man had a calling in his life. And God began to communicate with him. God began to reveal to him something. And so God just appeared in the bush as a pillar of fire. And Moses saw it as a fire. And, and he began to draw near. And, and the closer he got to it, he began to hear a voice. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Moses, take off your shoes. For the ground whereon you're standing is holy ground. So now the general attraction began to become a very specific communication. That's the way it is when God reveals himself to anybody. He might just generally reveal himself to us and say, you're a sinner. You need to get saved. If you don't get saved, you're going to be lost. And, go, and something strikes our heart and we begin to draw near to God. But the closer we get to God, it becomes a very clear and succinct communication. As God begins to speak individually to us and reveal himself as he did to Moses. Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. Now's the time I've come to deliver them. I'm going to go down and deliver them. And I'm sending you, Moses. 
And Moses, of course, was reluctant. He says, oh, couldn't be me. It couldn't be my life. I'm not able. I don't have the ability. Any ability I had, I've lost. All of these kind of things. And God just begins to be very specific. He doesn't let him go. He doesn't, the communication is not, oh, well, uh, I guess it's not you, Moses. I'll go try somebody else. No, God knows what he's doing. God is speaking to Moses for a reason. Hello? God is speaking to you for a reason. Even if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, I can't quite understand what he's telling me, stay there. And say, Lord, I don't quite catch it. You know, Brother Branham, when he was first being converted, he, 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 he thought, I'll write him a letter. I'll put it out in the bush. I'll, I'll pray. And maybe if I fold my hands this way, or maybe I've seen somebody fold their hands this way in a picture, and I'll, I'll speak to God and everything. And finally, a pillar of fire appears. A light appears. And Brother Branham, what did he say? He says, God, I don't understand your language. But if you're saying that I'm forgiven can you appear again? And he appeared again. What was he doing? He was communicating. Now there was going to be many years, many years till that voice took materialization in an angel. And where he was in a cave looking to be delivered of visions. And he was kneeling there and saying, oh, I got to get rid of these things. I got to get rid of these things. And all of a sudden something began to strike his mind. He began to say, oh, you know, I wonder if, if it is God. Jesus said, see the scripture come to his mind. Why? Because he'd been drinking. He'd been feeding. Scripture comes to his mind. Jesus said, I do nothing except what the Father shows me. Oh, I wonder if that's a vision. I wonder if that's, well, this happened. And Jesus said, before you're under the tree, I saw you. All of these things. And he began, these, these scriptures begin to become enlightened to him. And then he began to realize, oh, maybe it's God after all. And when that revelation began to struck him, all of a sudden the light appears in the room. Now he'd seen the light many times, but now the communication was going to come different. And he said, out from that light walked a man. Glory. Communication became clearer. This wasn't human communication. This was God's communication. I'm going to give you a little something and that will take you somewhere. And when you get there to that revelation, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And then that will take you over here. When God met Moses up at the, up the, the burning bush, he didn't say, now go down to Egypt and I'm going to turn the water to blood. I'm going to turn, send flies. I'm going to send lice. I'm going to make darkness. I'm going to send hail. I'm going to, and finally at the end of it all, I'm going to take the firstborn. God never said that. God said, I'm going to tell you this much. Now you go with what I've told you, and I'll take care of the rest. That's God's communication. Are you with me? Imagine the sign of, of, uh, or the lineup rather, in the temple as the baby Jesus was there. And there was Mary bringing Jesus for circumcision. And there was something about Simeon and Anna that they never got caught up in the, what the group was doing. But they could catch what God was doing. And as there was a line of women coming up for circumcision for their babies, 
Brother Branham describes it this way. He says, there's a line of women with their babies, and there's one young woman, very young, and she has a boy, and there's rumors about her that she was pregnant before she was married. And so maybe the person in front of her was a couple steps ahead, and the person behind her was a couple steps behind. Maybe there was a bit of a gap in the line. There's a scene, and everybody's seeing and hearing and digesting a situation. It's communicating to them. And they all have their own little busy lives. They got their jobs. They got their homes to take care of. They got laundry to do. They got uh, food to cook. They got cleaning to do. And here they are, they're, they're, now's the time, I got to take the trip to get my son circumcised. And, and so everybody's lined up and waiting for the priest for their turn. And, and there's this woman. It's an unusual circumstance. And they're all digesting it or interpreting it their own way. I'm saying this all to bring you in. How would you interpret it? These... This situation did not look good. But there was two people that had spiritual insight. That they didn't walk down the line and go, oh, you know, um, we've heard some things. No, Simeon walked down the line and he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, let me see what you want me to see. And when the Messiah comes, let me see him. And it was revealed to him. God had communicated with him. Don't worry, Simeon. You won't die until I send the Messiah. And you'll see him. So as he comes down the line, we don't know exactly what happened. But I'll say God spoke to him. With words, I don't know. With, with something divinely struck him. As he walked down that line and stopped. And here it was. Everything he wanted in life. Was there right now. All he lived for. Had come into manifestation. It takes a baby. Oh God. Now let your servant depart in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. I've seen it. Nobody else needed to tell me. I saw it. Listen, the message is Christ. You might have saw it in a certain situation. You might have been witnessed to by somebody. You might have heard it in a certain environment that, that maybe didn't necessarily look 100% like what you were expecting. But something communicated to you by God, this is me. Amen. Hallelujah. This is me. And if he hasn't communicated that to you, you need to ask God, is this you? Amen. 
I remember getting on my knees as a young man as it was becoming very real in my life. It was being communicated to me, not in clear words. It was just gripping a hold of my life. And I, was, I just got on my knees in the living room. My wife was in bed and I was by myself and I just prayed deeply. I said, God, if this is you, open my eyes. But if this isn't you, close the door. I was perfectly honest with God and you ought to be perfectly honest with God. And I'll tell you what, my eyes came open. Something happened. God took the shackles off my eyes and I saw him. I didn't see a man, I saw God. I didn't see words, I saw eternity. I saw something that'll never pass away. What was that? I had moved into a higher realm of communication. It wasn't just about listening to tapes. It wasn't just about reading books. It was about seeing phrases put together that when those struck my eyes, something happened in my soul. That transformed me. I wasn't the individual I once was. It wasn't about a church. We weren't even here in Cloverdale. It was out in the Okanagan. I'm sure Brother Mark's here somewhere. There he is up there. You know, we were out in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. Out on the backside of the desert. I was telling somebody the other day, I didn't even know there was books. All I had was tapes. All we had was tapes. Maybe Mark had some books and he was hiding them from me. I don't know. But I I would have devoured the books, but God wanted me to hear the voice. And so as I began to listen to the voice, something began to take place. What was it? What did you do, Brother Tim? How did you get delivered from lusting? How did you get delivered from rock and roll music? How did you get delivered from lying? How did you get delivered from all of these things? How did you get delivered? I don't know. I just drank. I just took the word in. And all of a sudden one day I thought, where'd that go? Where'd that lusting demon go? Where'd that rock and roll demon go? You know, where'd they all go? They just went. Why? Because I began to communicate on a different level. It was God communication. It wasn't human communication. The devil wants human communication. He wants to deal with you at a human level because he knows in your humanity you are full of weakness. But God wants to lift you up into his perfection and deal with your soul and seal it by the Holy Spirit so that you're sealed till the day of your redemption. Hallelujah. Then the devil doesn't stand a chance. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. Let me sing my Savior's praises. Amen. God communication. Blessed are your eyes that which see the things that you see, he said. And I tell you, many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Anna saw them. Simeon saw them. The disciples saw them. The twelve saw them. But there were many that saw miracles. Many that saw the gift. And never recognized the office of God. You know, the Queen of Sheba came and saw Solomon's gift because she had heard something. Are you still with me? Can I go just a little further? I'll try and be done by 1230. And she came and, and she watched. There's many people that watched. Many people that saw. 
But she came with a determination. I want to know one thing. Is this God or is this not God? Hello? She wouldn't find it in an encyclopedia. She wouldn't find it, I'll say, on the internet. She wouldn't find it from anybody else's word because she had already heard that there was a God in Israel that was doing supernatural things and had given a supernatural gift, a prophetic gift of wisdom and discernment. And so she said, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm to see it for my own self. And she said to the king, she said, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. All right, let me stop there for a moment. Listen, you might have heard of this message, but I want to tell you, if all you've done is heard about it, you don't know the half of it. You don't have any idea what it'll do for you. You don't realize the power of God that is revealed in the opening of the word. You don't realize the supernatural that's laying there waiting for you to experience. Waiting for you to see. Waiting for you to know for yourself that he's your God. If you're sitting back this morning and saying, well, you know, I kind of believe the truths of it. You know, it makes sense to me. It it, kind of ties together and fits together. Listen, you got to go beyond that. There is a much higher level of communication than that. And you need to come into the individual experience with God himself till you can say for yourself like this woman, this is God. She said, thy wisdom and thy prosperity exceedeth the fame that I heard. Then she says, happy. Another word for happy is blessed are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. Hallelujah. I'll say you're blessed to hear this message. You're blessed to be able to plug it in on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or any day or driving down the road or wherever it might be. You are blessed to receive the inspired wisdom of God in this hour. Hallelujah. She says that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighteth in thee. You see when she saw that it was God it caused her to worship God. And that's why I sometimes wonder when I see that the worship of the people is a little bit quiet. It's not really really where it ought to be because I realize we're not seeing it the way that we ought to. It's not the music. All right? I was sent a clip a week ago of a church that people were running all over the building and everything with the music and they were it wasn't a believer's church but it was just kind of it was actually rather humorous but it was a church and so they were doing all kinds of things somersaults and whatever else I won't even go bother to describe it but they were all excited and then I watched right to the end and the music stopped and it was like choom. Right. nothing I thought that's not the Holy Ghost no when you realize that God is God And that he has spoken to you. And that this is his message. It causes you to rejoice. It causes praise. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord that has allowed me. And every day I can't help but thank God. Thank God for the blessings that have flowed from the word of God. That have flowed into my life. Oh, have you had hard times, Brother James? I've had hard times. I've been through a few struggles in life. But I say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Who has blessed me beyond measure just to stand under the anointed word of the hour. Is such a supreme blessing it cannot be compared. It's incomparable. Unprecedented. It's phenomenal. It's beyond description. Beyond sublime. We get clouded. We get distracted by other communication. We come back. The devil tries to pull us back into the human realm. Listen, shake off the devil. Let God lift you up into his realm. Till he can communicate with you. And he can, he can tell you as he told the apostle Paul. Not only did he know he was God. He said I'm persuaded. That nothing. Neither height nor depth. I love that scripture. I love to recite it. Forgive me if I repeat myself. Neither height nor depth. Neither tribulation nor persecution. Not things present. Not things to come. He's saying I'm not even scared of what's ahead. It doesn't matter. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Glory, 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 glory to his name. Oh, I want to run around right now. You know it's heavy when Brother Tim wants to run around. Hallelujah. It causes the believer to give praise. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made thee king to do justice and judgment. Hallelujah. Oh, she's just rejoicing. She's just marveling. She's not jealous. She's not saying, I want this and I want to take it over to my land. I I want to have it for us. No, she's just rejoicing in it. I I have been privileged of all ages to stand here and look at this. I have been privileged amongst all people to behold the gift of God in this age. And Jesus speaks to his generation. And he tells them and he says, he says, behold, the queen of the south came from a long way to see the wisdom of Solomon. And then he said, and the greater than Solomon is here. And they're like, oh, is that right? You really think so, do you? Uh, We'll be the deciders of that. They thought he was Beelzebub. They all know there's nothing to this. This will fail. Nothing to this at all. There was miracle after miracle after miracle. Listen, if one miracle is sufficient. Well, it is to a few of us. If you see one miracle in your life, You ought to just raise your hands for the rest of your life and say, I have seen the supernatural manifested. But now let me say in Cloverdale Bible Way, we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Do we have any reason not to rejoice? Listen, we go through struggles and things in our life. Human communication inundates us. We go through battles. We go through difficulties. We go through misunderstandings. Come on. We're human. We struggle with all these things. But that should never take away the reality that we have seen God. 
That's just human existence. Human existence is about struggle. And if you didn't have struggle, you wouldn't be no good to God. Because it's through struggle that he's perfecting your faith. It's through struggle that he's perfecting your character. Because he has a promise for you. To him that overcometh. To them, he or she, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. And power without character is demonic. But power with character is fit to rule. And God is making you fit to rule. He's making you fit to rule by showing you he's God. And you're going to struggle. If you get anything out of the service, oh, did you notice that? I said, he's God. And they're all, amen. And you're going to struggle. I'm coming to the close here. He's God. And you're going to struggle. That's the reality of it. You're going to fight. It's going to look at times like you can't win. But he's God. And you met him. And blessed are your eyes, for they've seen him. And blessed are your ears to hear these things. Because down through the ages, they wondered why wasn't John allowed to write these things? As he was told, seal it up till the days of the voice of the seventh angel. But when he shall begin to sound, all the mystery of God shall be finished. Hallelujah. I'm starting to lose my voice. Give me a little bit here. God has a purpose in it. He's perfecting you. Young men, you're going to go through things. I've counseled with a few young men recently. So I'm going through this, Brother Tim, and it's hard. I says, good. God's turning you from a boy to a man. Sorry, that's just the way it is. So you young sisters got to be turned from a young woman, a young lady, to a woman. To a real woman, a godly sister. It's got to happen. And God has a way to do it. It's called molding of your character. Chastisement. Be not discouraged when God treats you like his own attribute. He wants to perfect your character. Because he's put his power in you that he wants to loose out of your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just told the Lord, I'm just going to go whatever way you lead me this morning. I try to do that every service, but so I guess that's redundant. But here we are. She saw, the queen of the south saw the great gift. And Jesus declared. Let me read it the way Jesus said it, even though I already said it. But he said, the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation. And shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth. I love that. She came from Ethiopia. That's where the gospel is being preached right now. That's where you saw a baptism right now. This gospel must be preached in the uttermost parts of the earth. She came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Brother Branham picks it up in the message, greater than Solomon is here. He says, don't you see? I could stop there. Don't you see? How many see? Don't you see? How could you call it telepathy, he says. How could you call it a devil when you, realize, when you don't realize that I stand here and know what you're thinking about out there? 
How can you doubt? What is the matter with my people? Can't you see that same God is the same nature all the way down through the Bible everywhere? And she turned around and she said, Blessed is the man that's with you. And stands here and can see the great gift of God working every day. How blessed are these eyes that sets and sees it. I agree with her. How blessed are these eyes that have been chosen of God to see this message. Hallelujah. Why do I see it and someone else doesn't see it? I don't know. But I say, blessed are my eyes. And I say, blessed are your eyes that you see it. You ought to be just giving God praise. My eyes have been opened and I see that it's God. And Jesus said, she'll sit in the judgment and condemn this generation. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And a greater than Solomon is here. And Christian friends, look, a greater than Solomon is here. The Holy Spirit himself is here. I ask you, is the Holy Spirit here? A greater than Solomon is here. He says, listen, it's not. I know I'm not Brother Branham, but let me just say it this way. I couldn't preach these things outside of the message. Blessed are you to have ministers that are tapped into the message of the hour. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. You say, oh, Brother Tim, sometimes it's hard and I don't like this ministry. I prefer this ministry. I prefer that one. I'll tell you what. Come to church in an attitude of rejoicing. Church is not about coming just for correction or just for admonishment or that sort of thing. Come to the house of God rejoicing. Blessed are my eyes that see these things. Blessed are my ears that hear these things. Oh, God, how wonderful you've done in me. Hallelujah. Listen, Christian friends, he says, the greater than Solomon is here. The Holy Spirit himself is here. Christ in the form of the Holy Ghost is here with us. Proving that even what Solomon had, only many times greater is here today. So he takes Solomon And he takes Jesus' ministry. He says, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus has done more in my ministry than he did in his own ministry. He didn't say I did it. He did it. It's not William Brown that did it. It's God that did it. He says, many times greater is here today with 2,500 years of history of the same spirit working in the church. A greater than Solomon is here. Hallelujah. Let me just say something here just for a moment. When people, real genuine people can see something real, it changes their opinion. And really a lot of the world today is hungering to see what we're turning down. They want to see something real. Why is there hundreds, even thousands being baptized in Uganda right now. Because they come out of denomination. They, they are experiencing what this place experienced in the previous generation. People coming out of Pentecost into the message. All right? So now their Pentecostals are realizing this is a dead denomination. Where is the truth? And God opens their eyes and they say, this is God. What do they do? They respond. 
And I'll tell you what, God's going to bless them for responding. They might be very simple level of communication right now. Be baptized in true Christian baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth of the Godhead, he's not three, but he's one. The reality that God sent a prophet in this generation, that might be just the entrance door for them. That might just be the very basics, but they began to come up on a supernatural level of communication. That they can raise their hands and rejoice. Oh, wouldn't you love to have been there? To see hundreds of people baptized in one day? Hundreds. Hallelujah. You love to stand on the bank. And if I could, I wish I could shout all the way to Uganda. Blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears for they hear. You ought to rejoice because God's doing something for you. And if that's so in Uganda, that's so here. Blessed are our eyes as the musicians come. Blessed are our ears. He spoke to us. Who spoke to the woman at the well? Go to the well. It was God. Who spoke to Rebecca? Say, go now. She was just a little girl, a young lady going to the well, not knowing what was going to happen, but there was going to be an Eliezer there. It was God spoke to her. Who spoke to the woman? Wash his feet. Take that ointment. Break it. Pour it over his head. Pour it over his feet. Wash his feet with your tears. Dry them with the hairs of your head. Where did she get that inspiration from? It was God. It was him speaking to her. I'm sure she looked back later in his life and marveled at the opportunity. I recognize the gift of God for my day. It was God. I had the opportunity and I embraced it. It was God. I came to the moment and I made the right decision. Hallelujah. My parents said it wasn't God. My family said it wasn't God. My friends said it wasn't God. But I saw it was God. And I never looked back. Hallelujah. It was God. Who spoke to the one leper to go back and say thank you? Ten lepers were healed. But one returned. It wasn't, he wasn't, they were all rejoicing that they were healed. They all experienced, they saw the man, they saw the gift. But one recognized, I don't even have time to go into this this morning. One recognized the office. Oh my, this is more than a man with a gift. This is a dispensational office here. I must go back and say thank you and worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I must acknowledge this is God in this hour. Hallelujah. In the midst of it all, God said that his children, they'll know my voice. A stranger, they won't follow. No matter how I send it, they'll know my voice. My sheep know my voice. They'll hear it. They'll recognize it. And it'd be impossible for anybody to deceive them. Brother Bram says, when God speaks to you out of his word, in your heart, You know it. When all the world's gone from you and the things of the world is dead, you know it. When if you love the world and the things of the world, you still know in your heart you're not right. So when everything's gone, then there's nothing else to do but meet God. He'll be standing there. Then what can we say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Mercy.
Hallelujah. 653, please, down at the cross where my Savior died. Glory to his name. What do we have to do this morning? What should I do, Brother Tim? If you've seen him, you ought to rejoice. If he's opened your eyes, forget about your troubles. We didn't come to church. Yeah, the word will come and deliver you of your troubles. We're expecting a great time in the Lord tonight as Brother Biscoe ministers and looking forward to all that. But no matter what your troubles are, I want to encourage you this morning, lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your voice to God. And let him know that you believe that it's him. Blessed be his name. He's opened my eyes. Amen. Down at the cross where my sin. Down where for cleansing from sin. I cried. There to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his wonderful name. There to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to his name. Verse 2. Oh, rejoice. I am so wondrously saved from Yes, Lord.
Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Blessed are my eyes that they see. Blessed are my ears for what they have heard. Glory to his name. Glory in the highest. Glory to the majesty. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, let every difficulty fade into the background. Let every trial fade away. Let every complex dissolve. Let every healing take place. Oh God, let every soul repent. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not a man. You're not feeding on the words of a man. You're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. A prophet of God stands there and says, you know, you might think I was talking about myself. I wasn't talking about myself. I was just there when he did those things. I was just there when he appeared. I was just there when he delivered. I was just there when he spoke to the individual. It's him. It's God. It's God. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think the children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. And it's 692 that says so. Amen. We're never, never weary of the grand old song. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's just sing his praises for a moment, shall we? I'm giving you the opportunity to rejoice that God has appeared to you. Hallelujah. We are never, never weary.
Wonderful Heavenly Father, wonderful, wonderful, marvelous, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There's none like you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what we have seen and what we have heard. Blessed be your name. Lord, your presence is very near right now. You truly have inhabited the praises of your children. Have your way this morning, Lord. Maybe there's a soul you've come by this way to capture this morning, to show them how much you love them, how you're willing to lead them in their life. Oh, Lord. May they surrender to you even right now. Give their life unreservedly and say, God, show me yourself. Lord, I remember that boy in India that said, show me that it's true what you say. And Lord, I told him I couldn't. Only you could do it. Lord, you alone can reveal. You said 
No man knows the Father but the Son and whom the Son would reveal Him. Lord, may you reveal yourself to these people, oh God. If there's one person that's still this morning that has not been quickened, maybe there's somebody that is in need of healing, may you reveal to them by your stripes they're healed. It's already paid for. It's already finished. We thank you, Lord, for every promise that's in the Word. And we confess, happy are we that we have seen these things. Go with us this afternoon. Grant each one a wonderful afternoon, a refreshing time as they refresh their natural bodies as we come together tonight in great expectation of what you have for us tonight. We commit ourselves to you and ask your blessing upon everything that was said for your glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. How many love the Lord? Hallelujah. He's wonderful. God bless you. Shake hands with one another as you go. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.